Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about feelings. Our culture seems to be in this place where when we feel things deeply and consistently, that means that those feelings are truth. And I must submit myself or align myself to my feelings because to violate them would be an inauthentic life. And so we're going to talk about where our feelings come from, what do they mean, and is there truth in them that should be surrendered to? Hmm. Yeah. So, but before we get into that, uh, obviously, reflective conversation for John. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, you showed it's, a lot of enthusiasm there. It's my turn for the story, which mm. means you have to say, it's story time. <laughs> and I respond with my story. I'm wait, I was waiting on that. Call. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. So, but first, yes. it's story time. Thank and you. it is John's turn to tell a story. So, let's hear your let's hear the uh, John story for the week. <laughs> well, let me uh let me come down from my enthusiasm about the topic of the week first. <laughs> uh okay, so this story is from when I was uh, attending Northwest University. And uh, my sophomore year, I get there, and I was in the dorms, and I made good friends with a lot of uh, a lot of guys in the the floor that I was on. And then the next year, we all my my little group there got an apartment, and it was six of us in one student oh, apartment. Wow. Yeah, it was brutal. It was like as bad as you could imagine. A bunch of college age guys, six of them in one three bedroom apartment. So we all had a we all had one roommate, but. It was brutal. Anyway, I still had a great time. And they're still, like, some of my best friends. Yeah. Um, but so this story comes from, uh, ten, you know, we got in all kinds of squabbles over the, the next year. Because <laughs> how could you not? Yeah, when, so many people in such a small exactly, space. Exactly. Shoulder to shoulder with uh, six of your best friends for nine months. Uh, anyway, there was we had these, uh, you had to do, you had to get enough spiritual life credit, is what they call it at Northwest. Oh, yeah. You know, chapel yeah. credit. Yeah. And uh, you get those by going to small groups. And so, uh, Lindsay, who I was just dating at the time, my, my now wife, um, she was in this, uh, apartment with, I think it was just four, four, uh, young women in that one. And, uh, so we would go to their, uh, small group and, um, it was me and, uh, I can say their names. We're buddies. Me and my two buddies, Lem and Alan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and. Alan's just a sometimes a troublemaker by nature, and so he would like to. I go didn't there. notice that except right <laughs> exactly. at first. Exactly. Yeah. And so me and Lem were going to go over and get our life credit, and Lem was going to go over and just kind of, or Alan was going to go over and cause kind of a ruckus. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, so me and Lem knew where the apartment was, and, and Alan didn't. So uh, he goes, <laughs> he says, "I'm going to go to the bathroom, then we'll head out." So while he's in the bathroom, we sprint <laughs> out the door, and just to go to this apartment before he gets there, and. Uh, uh, Alan notices what's going on, runs out after us, and then this was one of those. Have you ever had like a a, a sitcom or movie moment where you're like that that oh, that, yeah, was, that, that was that was a great script. scene? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my roommates, Tom, <laughs> is coming back from church. He's a youth pastor at the time uh, with his car, and he comes and he hits Alan with his car. <laughs> <laughs> he turns the corner, drives straight for Alan. Alan jumps on the hood of it, and he drives away down the road. <laughs> <laughs> with Alan on the car. So he didn't hit him and like accidentally. No, no. Oh, okay. he, he was going towards him. Okay. I thought you were saying like he, like Alan's running for this apartment <laughs> trying to find the two guys who ditched him and bam, no, he's hit by a car. No, in a, in a more funny way. He, oh, starts, okay. he starts slowly driving towards him. And yeah. Instead of moving out of the way, he just jumps on the jumps hood. on the hood yeah. and Tom floors it down the road <laughs> on the hood. And me and Lem were free to go to this apartment. And That's hilarious. It was very, the timing was crazy. Uh, it's a very one of one of the funnier stories of yeah. the, my time in Northwest. You know, you started that story uh, as my sophomore year, and I lived in the dorm. Mm. And you use you know that tone. It was the dorm. It's what? like I lived in this dorm. It's like a horrible thing. <laughs> you know, the dorm, the dorm. And I lived in uh, the dorm. But but then, <laughs> <laughs> but then you describe the apartment as this really crowded, awkward space. So at first, I was. I was juxtaposed, you know, that reality with this dorm. Mm -hmm. So when I was youth pastoring as a young man, I, I subbed in the public schools every once in a while just to meet kids. 
And so I'm substituting my first day as a substitute. It's a middle school math class. Mm -hmm. And I get there early and I'm going to be the good teacher. I'm standing outside the door of my class greeting students as they come in. (laughs) And I'm so excited to have my first day of subbing. And up walks this uh, African-American kid who's like 6'2". In middle school? In middle school. I think I think seventh grade was the four best years of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's got this, you know, strut going and he stops right beside me, he looks right in my face, and he goes, Oh man, a sub <laughs> And I thought, I am in trouble. And that's the way you said dorm. I, you know, I, I flashed to that sub because you said I lived in the dorm. You remember, were you at the ball game with us? It was a, a Texas Ranger game or a Colorado Rockies game or somewhere, and this guy hmm. selling candy. And he would go, uh, M&M's, Snickers, Payday, Skittles. <laughs> like, like he just... Like Skittles are the scum of the earth. And he did it that way all day, the whole game. Oh my and he goodness. would name these candies and then he'd go, Skittles. Weird. <laughs> anyway, I had a great time in the dorms. You I, did. I must have been some kind of fluke. Uh, I think because I, I started off with the wrong year. Because I was going to say sophomore year in the apartments and I realized, oh no, that was the junior year. Oh, okay. Um, also, I don't know where that kid is coming from. When you had a sub, it was the best. You it was you had free reign of the classroom because they well, don't know you. They don't know the mo of the class. I think he was trying to establish authority, mm. and he did. He he, he rattled me, <laughs> but I learned quickly. What I did as a sub is I would tell them at the first of class, "Listen, I got a little lesson I got to teach you. The teacher left a listen plan. I'm going to go through it, and I and if you cooperate, I'll save the last 15 minutes of our class for joke time." And I'll tell some jokes, and you can tell some jokes, but if you don't cooperate, joke time goes away. Hmm. And they loved it. They would live for joke time. And I learned some of the best jokes hearing them from middle schoolers, and then I would sub in the high school as well. Hmm. <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. You save those jokes for, for uh, some podcasts coming up. I'm okay. Sure I'm sure they're <laughs> worth it. Uh, but okay, we're going to talk about feelings today. Yeah. Um, you might have... You could probably tell I experienced a lot of joy in that story. That was a that was the overwhelming feeling I felt there. Yeah, it was joy. It was yeah. joy. That was a great uh, a great moment. But yeah. uh, uh, when we when you say feelings and truth, you mentioned truth right. a few times in there. What right. do you, how do you figure that? What does that mean? Capital T truth. Yeah. So um, feelings are universal. Even guys who say I don't have feelings, mm-hmm. I don't like feelings, I refuse to feel. Right. You know they have feelings, and so. <clears throat> Uh, the question is, you know, is there, do you, what do your feelings reveal? And so our culture is on this kick where um, a defense for truth is that I feel it hmm. and I feel it deeply and I felt it consistently and therefore it is truth. Hmm. So, for example, you know, if you want to jump to a highly political controversial one, um, Please. Gender identification. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you live for a good fight. Uh, but, you know, I feel like a, I feel like a different gender. Hmm. And I feel it and I feel it and I feel it. So it must be true. Hmm. And that's probably a horrible example because there's lots of biology and, and psychology all wrapped up in that. Yeah. Lots of factors going on. What about, say, then, <clears throat> A marriage that's, that's gone sideways, and the guy says, "I feel attracted to this other person. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with this other person. Why should I sacrifice this love for the love?" That of is a way better example. Mine was terrible. Yours so, was fine. That's that's well, a, it was a, topical. No, it was a terrible example because it's such a complicated question. This mm-hmm. one is a little more straightforward. I feel not in love with my wife anymore. Yeah, and I feel in love with that woman. And uh, this is one of those deals where, you know, people say, I fell in love. I couldn't help it. I've had men say this to me. Mm. I didn't choose to fall in love with her. And to which I say, you know, what's the phrase? I fell in love. Don't you understand that falling is an unstable condition? (laughs) So uh, your job is to not fall. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's a a very brief part of the conversation about controlling your feelings or ruling over your feelings. But the cultural uh, confusion now is that if I feel something authentically and I feel it consistently, then it's truth. My, it, is my, it is my soul expressing truth through my feelings. Hmm. 
And therefore, if this is the key part, if I don't align my life with my feelings, I'm being a a non-genuous, genuine person. I'm being inauthentic. Sure. And I am denying part of who I am. So when we say feelings here, do you are we are you do you mean like emotions? Like like is this anger and and stuff like that, or is that is that more inclinations? Well, it's interesting how many times if you just listen dialed into that word, you'll see how often we all use that word. You know, I feel like you're really upset with me. Yeah. Or I, I feel like we should do this. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about that and I feel like I ought to and we use the word all. You make me feel this yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, all the time we use the word. So feelings are true. I feel hurt by you, John. You said this thing. You made fun of me <laughs> about being an old man, and and I felt hurt. Mm. Okay, that's a true thing. I, I felt hurt. Yeah. I want to punch you in the throat. Okay, I feel like I want to punch you in the throat. That may also be true. You're skipping all the the normal examples of this, cranking them all up to eleven. <laughs> well, give me some, uh, num- you know, level three and four uh, feelings. What do you- I feel like I want to key your car. That's better than punching in the throat. Okay, okay. <laughs> I feel like I want to key your. I want revenge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I desire revenge, and because I can't stop desiring revenge. I need to be true to myself and get my revenge. Um, so the question is, what do you do with feelings? Do feelings reveal things to us? And do vi- feelings guide us? Or are feelings completely not to be trusted? <clears throat> Some people turn into robots and they, mm. I don't want to have feelings. Feelings are confusing. And you should never navigate by your feelings. So how does that all work? And, and how do I make... Uh, how do I put feelings in their proper place so yeah. that I'm not lorded over by them, but I also don't ignore them completely? Sure. So if you, so you, our camp then, if you guys can tell, is that 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 uh, that inclination that your feelings are truth is incorrect. Why is that? Why is that not the case? Well, I would say um, <clears throat> I would not say that your feelings are truth is incorrect. I would say that your feelings are authoritative truth or your feelings are capital T truth. Hmm. So uh, lots of things are true and some things are absolutely true. They are uh, capital T truth. They are non-negotiable truth. Hmm. The sun rises in the east, sets in the west. It doesn't really rise and set. We're rotating. But uh, there's absolute truth about it. There's capital T truth about how that works. Hmm. Doesn't care. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Right. I, I don't like gravity. I hate gravity. Well, so what? Gravity is. <laughs> right. But in the, so then in the, in the case study, in the inclination of the guy not in love with his wife, loves his other woman. Mm-hmm. Why is that not the case? Why is that wrong? So, um, it, well, he has to decide what those feelings mean and, and how to respond to them. So if your defense for your actions is your feelings, then that's an indefensible because it's so subjective because it's subjective and because it's only one data point. So you have to factor in, okay, I feel in love with this woman. I'm not married to. She's also married. So the only factor that matters in this conversation is how you feel, right? You're going to wreck multiple people's lives just because of the kids, the, Oh my gosh, the carnal, the carnage around that carnal Carnal. the carnal is what got you in problem (laughs) but (laughs) but uh you know the fact that i must respond because i feel this way it's a it's a trap Hmm. but sometimes i feel guilty Hmm. and that is the appropriate response or well conviction guilt those are those are uh indicators that i've violated some um resonance in my soul so uh, the bible says that god gave us a conscience to help guide us so uh, sometimes i i feel guilt because i did something that violates what i know to be best so uh guilt is a good thing hmm. but shame is a destructive thing. 
I feel guilty for what I did, but I feel ashamed of who I am. Gotcha. And so saying I didn't do a bad thing. I'm a bad person. Exactly. So even to sort out your feelings so that you have clarity about is this guilt or is this shame? Is this conviction or is this condemnation? Hmm. You referenced this, uh, this as a, as a current thing, as a, as a modern day yeah. thing. Yeah. What, what is changing to where people used to be able to acknowledge this difference and now they don't? Well, the, the belief in absolute truth. So um, that's what has been deconstructed, that there's no such thing as absolute truth. I, I know I'm overreacting to this, but when people say my truth, I just want to throw up and they'll say, well, you know, I have to be true. I have to understand my truth. And this is my truth. That It's a phrase that's extremely popular. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's used in a really good way because sure. it's you confessing my, I need to confess my truth. Yeah. It's, all, it's like a testimony almost. Yes. But some people also use it as, well, my truth is the truth I've got to follow and you have your truth. So I'll follow my truth. You follow your truth. And there's no, uh, it's inappropriate for me to put any um, expectations on you and your truth. And it's inappropriate for you to put any expectations right. on me and my truth. It's almost a, a rejection of responsibility of of certain parties. So it's Certainly saying, of social responsibility right. or of accountability. Or it's an announcement of your authority for your own reality. So saying like, this is... <clears throat> That can't be the case because this is how I exactly feel. and and because I feel it, it is the biggest truth, hmm. and so that that's the landmine. And you know, uh, the challenge is to keep your brain engaged so that you factor in because you know really what we would want to say I think is that feelings are part of the conversation and a legitimate part. Hmm. Um capital T truth is a legitimate part social truth and norms and expectations and other people's feelings are truth. And then pragmatism, you know, what's going to get me where I need to go faster, Mm -hmm. you know, more effectively. And I'm not, I'm sure I'm leaving lots of things out, but it's like, there's this uh, combination of elements that I can sort out let each of them guide me in the appropriate ways and find my way to the answer, the, the, the proper response or the right behavior or the good choice. But that's all being thrown away so that feelings is the gold standard for decision-making. Yeah. So then you would say that uh, submission of authority or submission of the authority to call to, to um, decide for yourself what that truth is sort of removes this problem for you. Yeah. Because um, I think I understand what you just said. Sometimes you, sometimes you're dizzying in your intellect. I'm sure. Wait till you get going. Wait till I get going. (laughs) Uh, So when you, when you acknowledge an absolute truth, like, like with God, yeah, that, uh, that means by doing that, you, you, submit uh, your authority to where you don't, you no longer decide for yourself. What is Mm -hmm. your truth to to put it that way? Does that make sense? Yeah. So instead of my, so I would say in my compass, I need a true North, right? I need that thing to point me. So I have some sense of direction, right? And that true North cannot be my feelings because they will mislead me. They will, they will uh, poorly inform good decision-making. Sometimes they are helpful Sometimes they are confusing. Sometimes they're destructive. Hmm. So the true north cannot be my feelings. It must be something else. Something more stable. than that. Yeah. So I feel like I'm in love with a woman I'm not married to, but I made a vow. Hmm. Hmm. What is the weight of a vow that I made? I gave my word. Um, people change their minds and you say, well, I have the right to change my mind. Yeah, but. You made a vow. What weight does that vow have? Mm-hmm. Where should your word, should your promise obligate you in some way to overrule this feeling you have? Mm-hmm. Or um, are you somehow released from your obligation? It's legitimate for you to break your promise, but people aren't doing that evaluation. I feel this way. Therefore, I'm going to act this way. And my action is legitimized 
because of my feelings. Yeah. So then you've been in a highly emotional situation and it's, I'm, I'm assuming, <laughs> and it, it feels, it feels very much like you don't have a choice because of the, uh, intensity of the emotion right right so like you're so angry mm-hmm. um that you know you uh, lash out exactly you, you use words and you, it doesn't feel like you really it in feels totally justified exactly yeah so how, what do you say and and that's those are those are brief periods generally mm-hmm. but someone who feels trapped by their feelings what what do you how well, do you this break is, out of that this is why we this is the difference between immaturity and maturity a child gets their toy taken away or they are forced to share or you won't share with them or you won't give them what they want and they fall to the ground and they throw a fit and they stomp their feet and they cry and scream and they are expressing their feelings without inhibition. Hmm. That's what immature people do. And part of maturity is being able to decide, acknowledge your feelings and then decide which ones are legitimate and how should they be expressed. The more maturity you have, the more ability you have to interpret your feelings, make an educated decision, an intelligent decision about how to express those or whether they should even be expressed, and then to rule over your feelings, to be the governor of your feelings. That's Mm -hmm. maturity. So um, there have been lots of times where I was so mad, especially in my younger days, you know, someone would uh, disrespect me or, or attack me. Sure. And I couldn't stop being defensive. But part of my maturity process was to realize your opinion of me does not, in fact, define who I am. Hmm. Who I am defines who I am. And so why should I react so violently to your opinion of me when that does not define me? Yeah. And I was able to separate myself where your opinion and my opinion or your view of me is not necessarily true yeah and so i i and i need not be panicked by it i need not be reactionary to it yeah for me the that that same process i guess i worded different um but with the slight i always ask why questions mm. so if i'm in a state of of uh, uh elevated emotion if you can even imagine <laughs> me in, <laughs> one of those. Uh, yeah you, you're like that t-shirt the many faces of chuck oh Morris. yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But basically, I was asking, like, so, like, this is, I feel this way about this. And then I asked myself, why? And it's, be, well, because of this. Why? So it's like. Yeah, keep following uh, the why trail. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, why uh, I feel insulted by that, or I'm defensive about something. Why? And almost always it comes down to pride. Yeah. Because, uh, so like, why Why are you insulted by that? Like, there was one, um, or an example, a, a more vague example, like someone questioning your ability on something or giving mm-hmm. you a critique. Mm-hmm. The only reason generally, and I am defensive by nature, the only mm-hmm. reason it is that way is because of pride. Yeah. And if you if you hold yourself in in low esteem where your only pride is in things that you didn't do in, in Jesus, then then what is, you know, what is there to get defensive about in the first place? You know? Yeah. And certainly the more you know yourself and the more anchored you are, right. the less, you know, it's like this uh, weight where you're exactly. not easily knocked over. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Sue and I, in our, you know, Sue has a, 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 a tendency, a pattern that I used to take very personally. Hmm. And that is that she trusts, she, she uh, trusts, but verifies. <laughs> so if she if if we're talking about something and I tell her a fact, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I you know she won't take my word for it. Uh-huh. And so it, I used to it man it would just offend me. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm lying <laughs> to you? Do you think I'm not reliable? Uh-huh. And it would be so offensive to me. And now it's comical. Yeah. And what the different the reason I was able to go from offended to comical is that her need to verify information has nothing to do with me. Yeah. But at first I thought she doesn't trust. She doesn't trust me. And I'm the only one she doesn't trust or whatever. And then I've watched her do it in other cases. And I realized this is her deal. And it's actually a really fun strength because I am wrong sometimes. Mm. It doesn't happen very often, (laughs) but it does occur. Uh, but she's always the one who's going to look something up. So right. I can just make some, if I want to know something, <laughs> I could just say, oh, yeah, blah. 
<laughs> you know, she'll just and up. she'll Google it. Next thing I know, I get the right answer. So it's kind of cool. In my experience, in defense of mom, <laughs> you are very seldom wrong and very seldom accurate. So like, oh, so look the at truth, you, the look at you parsing that out. The truth of what you're saying <laughs> is totally there. Yeah. The the very specific accuracy, the details might get fuzzy in there. Yeah. So you may say, eighty percent of this does this. Right. The reality might be. 72 you're still right that most of them that, that oh that, sure yeah. that it is a common occurrence you know so, yeah. so i would say that distinction that's interesting so that makes i i can i can live with that yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> your pride is still intact on yeah that i can live with that because <laughs> like, i'm mostly right mostly and right. sometimes i'll say i know i'm at least 51 percent right about this <laughs> that's a good thing we should make t-shirts yeah that's a good idea yeah. so so this feeling thing so yeah um, what would be a case where your feelings are giving you good guidance? Mm. Yeah, I guess we've been pretty. We've been beating yeah, we've been talking about the feelings bad. that that can hurt us, the feelings that can sabotage us, that must be ruled over. Yeah. What are some ways feelings can serve you well? Hmm. Well, I feel like so. So going See, back you just to use the word I feel. I did. It's, yeah. it's a huge part of my. Uh, it's, my a, it's a so common vocabulary. Yeah. So with uh, with marriage again in a benign sense. So, um, still still newlyweds. I don't have to work very hard to feel good good feelings about my wife. Right. You know? Right. Not not that saying that you have to. That's going to get harder <laughs> and harder as it goes on. But uh, ruling over your feelings in a marriage. So you would say, I might not. I'm frustrated with my wife. I might not be, you know, over the moon in love, quote unquote, right now. But I'm going to keep up with the duty that I've made. And that, in turn, makes you feel the love again, you know? Yeah, so your actions can change your feelings. Exactly. And then, I think, and I think this is the the working model that's been laid out for us in a lot of this stuff, is that uh, that it, that if you keep up that cycle, it um, snowballs. Yeah, and you so, actually will change the way you exactly. feel towards a person. Exactly. So, uh, that's, again, that's not really... Uh, that's not an answer to the exact question you were asking because yeah, that's, not that's a, still using your behavior your and ruling over your mind feelings. over yeah. uh, matter. I'm having a hard time thinking of a, a, a straight feelings example. So let me give you a, yeah, uh, please. give you an idea. So yeah. um, I feel intimidated. Hmm. I walk into a room and I don't know why, but I immediately feel intimidated. That feeling can be helpful because it helps me understand um, is there a is there a commonality to the, what's I know this feeling I don't have it all the time but I having it now what in this instance is the pattern of the other times I feel this way hmm. and I can start to learn about myself about what makes me uncomfortable um we have a mutual friend who I tease that as soon as a fourth person enters the room, he exits <laughs> his social comfort level stops at three yeah. and it's no joke. I mean, I have quietly watched him over the years and when, when we're in a space and a fourth person enters the space within two minutes, he has left the room and gone to another room. Yeah. Uh, I don't and, know if that's an intimidation thing. No, it's, it's not. Only, uh... No, it's not, but it's a feeling. Right. And so there's some power to understand that feeling and then let it take you where it, it should inform you. Yeah. On a, on a calibration level, you're totally right. That it, uh, that, that thing I was saying about pride. Yeah. I've been able to really dial that in by examining the feelings. They're like, uh, it's like a diagnostics yeah. test almost. Yeah. Of you. Uh, one of the problems might be that both of us are kind of robots. So this whole thing of us just beating <laughs> up feelings all the time is kind of funny. Um, well, I have lots of feel. I mean, I'm a feeler. I, I really am. I, I'm an, I'm an emotional decision maker. Hmm. So very often, I I make an I make a decision based on my emotional data more than on um, uh, intelligence data. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so it's a, I'm an intuitive decision maker. And so I, when I say I feel like this is the right thing to do. It's genuine. That's that is true of me. I, I'm making a decision because of how I feel about it, and that can be an absolute weakness. Just like someone who never makes a feelings, they never let their feelings inform their decisions. They become robotic and um, unromantic and disconnected because it's purely math. Yeah, 
And so uh, there's got to be a combination there. And I'm sure if you know me too well, you probably kind of scoffed when I said we're both robots. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably pretty emotional. But uh, I, I guess we're, I'm having a hard time putting myself in the shoes of someone who says that I feel this way and it is the the truth. This is It is who So I it am. should inform how I live. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a time where that is the case. Well, you have um, let your feelings keep pushing you on a quest where you won't trust that you've reached uh, the right answer until the feeling goes away. Hmm. So do you have a, an example? Of well, that? we were talking about um, vocations in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. And when you were trying to figure out what should I do with my life, right? that nagging feeling kept you on a quest. And while until it was eased, yes, and yeah. several opportunities were explored, but you didn't believe you landed on the correct answer till that feeling went away. That's a good point. And I think uh, I get it's it's a little the reasons I don't like the over reliance on feelings is because of how unstable they are. Mm-hmm. But it leads to like especially in, in in my walk with God when there are prolonged periods of of uh, just stoic faith mm. i don't feel much of anything i go i'm doing i'm going yeah. doing the steps but i haven't you know i haven't got misty eyed or felt like you mm-hmm. know butterflies you know any, any of that in a little while it is very challenging for me and uh, i think it's a it's a gift when you are moved you know emotionally it it really if, is if that yeah. makes, i feel like again i'm talking in circles a little bit but no uh, but that's really that's significant that feelings are they are an essential part of life exactly and especially if your relationship with with jesus it's not a sterile uh, it's not a a ones and zeros just like it wouldn't thing. be with your friends and, and you know and some people uh cannot emote they hmm. their friendships are mechanical and transactional and non-emotional because they for whatever reason and there's probably a variety of reasons they cannot emote and it's all that makes it hard to connect to them it makes it hard to have a relationship with them so you don't want your relationship to be that way but you also don't want it to ride up and down on feelings Hmm. um you know um there's some you know someone's a good friend when you can be on a road trip in the car and go 20 minutes without a word being said and neither (laughs) of you feel awkward about that yeah right yeah well if you need you know do you love me? Do you love me? You haven't told me in 12 hours mm-hmm. that you love me. You know, that's a that's a prison. Yeah. Um, you need the space to be able to know, hey, I love you. Right now, we got to have this hard conversation, but it doesn't have a thing to do with how much I love you. Yeah. So being liberty, you know, having liberty from those kind of feeling bondages, I, my feelings must be uh, warm and strong and solid or else I'm in a crisis. Yeah. It seems like the the if i'm if i'm gleaning this for for a message it seems like we're saying maturity is the answer to this and maturity looks like uh seeing bigger pictures and distance from the here and now so so seeing i'm not going to feel this way forever mm-hmm. or uh feel this feeling does not define you know things things like that having having a, a zoomed out view of it would you say that's accurate? I would. I would. I would say it this way: It's about um, maturity is to interpret and govern your feelings. Hmm. So I'm going to interpret. I'm going to acknowledge. Maybe acknowledge, interpret, and govern. So I'm going to acknowledge how I feel. I'm angry. Why am I so angry? Mm-hmm. You know, the psalmist asked himself in one of the psalms, "Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so forlorn within me?" And he's asking himself, "Why am I so down?" You ever have days like that where you wake up? And from the minute you wake up, it's like, oh, yeah. And it's good to explore that feeling. I acknowledge it. And now I want to understand. I want to, I want to interpret it. Mm -hmm. Is there something this is attached to? Is this a, is this just a nebulous feeling? It's not, it's apparently not attached to anything, but you know, it's the guy who comes home from work. He's been yelled at at work. He went through traffic. He hammered his finger at work and he's bleeding. He's had a terrible day. He comes home and he, and he kicks the dog. And the dog's going, why did you kick me, right? Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't acknowledge and interpret his feelings, he will not rule over them, and they will start to rule over him. So uh, acknowledging the feeling is a huge first step. Man, I feel tempted. I feel anger. I feel lust. I feel pride. I feel defensive. Mm -hmm. 
just acknowledging what that feeling is to put a word on it. And that's a hard part for a lot of guys. You sure. say, how do you feel? And, and what do you mean? How do I feel? <laughs> I don't feel anything. Well, I can tell by your voice inflection, you feel something, right. put a word to that. What do you feel? And it's really powerful to acknowledge the feeling and then start to interpret it. Where'd that come from? Hmm. What triggered that? How can that feeling inform me? I really am mad at you. You know what? I feel anger and I really am mad. And so why am I mad? You know what? I think it was that thing you said. I feel like your posture, your body language, your choice of words, all of it was aggressive and hostile and disrespectful. And I feel angry because I feel disrespected by you, John. I, and, you know, whatever that is. <laughs> and so then I can articulate it and we can deal with it. Yeah. And so I govern it then. You know, I, I decide how much influence it's going to have and what direction that feeling should point me in. Yeah. This might be slightly tangential, but I have, I have some questions on when to express feelings. Mm-hmm. So I do feel a lot. I'm not a robot, but right, right. I think I, and a lot of, a lot of maybe men in particular uh, have like for me with certain, certain feelings, it's not worth it to me to express like hurt specifically. These, these are negative. So like, mm-hmm. like positive feelings, I, I like to express those. That's easy, but I've been hurt by somebody. My general um, reaction. And lately I've been actually, I felt, um, I felt affirmed in this. Mm. where I did not express the anger. I, I distanced myself from it, forgave the person. And then it ended up later where it was where we resolved it. And if I had expressed my anger at the time, I believed it would have elevated the situation and made it worse. Made it worse. Yeah. So, uh, I've it's, and it's weird cause I've always assumed that I was doing it wrong. And lately uh, there are two examples I can think of where it worked out really well. Um, and so now I don't, now I'm not so sure, uh, but, but how do when do you feel it is appropriate to express your, hurt or anger with somebody. Yeah, I think this is a really important conversation because um, you're also uh, more comfortable in conflict avoidance than in conflict resolution. Exactly. So it's yeah. So yeah. if you're a person who needs resolution, there are some people who have the opposite feeling. I can't rest until I know why that happened. Hmm. Why did you say that? Why yeah. did, you know, so I can't rest until that's resolved. Mm-hmm. You I can't, I can rest until it's unresolvable <laughs> and then sure. I can't rest. Yeah. So the, the, the factor there is to uh, be true to yourself. Okay. And that doesn't mean my feelings are the truth. It means mm-hmm. this, I'm going to let that go. You hurt me. I felt anger, but I'm going to let it go. If I find myself holding it against you later, I haven't let it go. Right. So now I said I'm going to do something, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. So I need to, I need to resolve it. So depending on the person, whatever it takes to resolve it, you should do, whether it be handling it, handling it personally or uh, discussing it. Yes. Or your feeling might be, I can't rest because I need it resolved. And it was, um, you took the bigger slice of cake at dessert. <laughs> there was two slices left and you took the big one. Yeah. Okay. Why did you take the big one? Yeah. Were you not thinking of me? You know, I need to know if, if you need to know all your conflicts resolved, you are going to run people away from you. Hmm. You are not going to be fun to be around. Sure. And people are going to feel like, can't you let anything go? Well, I'm being true to myself. I need this resolved. Yeah. Well, then you need to learn how to not need it resolved from how to a not pra- rely on other people for your inner peace. Is that what you mean? Well, I don't know because I'm not this person. I don't mm. know what makes it where I have to have it resolved, but I do know from a pragmatic standpoint, you're going to be lonely. Mm. And when people no longer enjoy being around you, no matter how much they love you, they're going to come around you less. So you, the, the you have to deal with this feeling of needing resolution and it's ruining your life. It's hurting the people you love. So you must govern it. There you are back again to personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So feelings are, and this is really important to, I think that feelings are not good or bad. They are not right or wrong. They just are. 
I feel X. Sure. That's a fact. I'm not wrong for feeling X. I'm not a bad person for feeling X. I'm not correct for feeling X. And I'm not, you know, it just yeah. is. And that's that's the first step to really being able to just acknowledge your feelings and deal with them is my feelings don't say a thing about how good or bad a person I am. Sure. What I do with my feelings does communicate the kind of person I am. So instead of your feelings being the key, your personal responsibility is the key. And that defines you. So truth about me um, might be I want revenge on Billy Joe, Bobby John, <laughs> you know, Betty Lou. Mm. I want revenge. That just sounds like that uh, Johnny Cash song, <laughs> where he's looking for his dad to yeah. punch him in the face. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want revenge. Uh, but the truth about me is I won't take revenge. Hmm. So what's more important? So it's taking the the desire that's in you that you can't help that isn't inherently right or wrong and acting on it in a way that is either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And you act on it in the way that is right. Yeah. Now, earlier you said something about um, that you have a hard time thinking of the positive feelings or mm-hmm. that they don't need to be governed because they're positive feelings. But they do need to be governed because... You will think in your head 50 times, man, I'm so grateful for my wife. Mm-hmm. That is so cool when she does that for me. But if you never say it out of your mouth, she will have no idea you feel that way. Mm. And you're not building your relationship. So even that feeling should be governed. Sure. I should say something about that. I should write her a card. I should buy her a flower. Um even the positive feelings should be, a, you know, an awareness. I need to acknowledge it. I need to interpret it and I need to govern it because the, that keeps you moving in a constructive way as well. Okay. So to bring it home, we're talking about the authority of feelings in the culture and how they legitimize our motivations. What, what is the key do you think from uh, putting those, putting the authority of, of, of those feelings in, the, in their place. Yeah, I, I think there is a key that will guide us all. And I'll give it to you right after our commercial break. <laughs> so let's do a little commercial here, John. I, I think um, we have one ask today of our listeners. Yeah, we, uh, we talk about Patreon enough today. We just want you guys to, on whatever you're listening to this on, unless it's the website, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, just hit that follow button. And uh, make sure that you're uh, you're getting notified that whenever this one, uh, podcast drops. Yeah, we really want to grow our subscribers, and uh, the reason for that is you'll get notified when new episodes come out, so you won't uh, forget to listen. And the other is that uh, when you subscribe, we get some actual analytics that help us learn about how to improve our podcasts and to grow our our listening thing. So uh, that's the only ask we have today. Just subscribe to the podcast. On whatever platform you use yeah. to listen to it. Put that wallet away. Don't worry about it right now. Yeah, we don't just, care. No, just uh, you could pause it right now unless you're driving and wait till you get home. But if you could hit that subscribe button or follow button or whichever, it would do us a huge favor. That'd be great. All right. So uh, so it, it, it strikes me that, you know, the problem we began with in this conversation is that because I feel something, that mm-hmm. feeling is truth. And there's only one answer to that. And that is... What is our guiding truth? Hmm. So when you say, because I feel this and I feel it consistently, I must cooperate with this feeling or I would be inauthentic. Um, you're saying that the ultimate truth is your feelings. Yeah. And so the only answer to that is to have a different ultimate truth. So I'm married and my feelings are left my wife and have moved toward this other woman. If I say my feelings are the ultimate truth, then I'm going to follow them. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the alternative? I have a different ultimate truth that guides me in my decision-making, and I still might leave my wife, but it would be because of a of a uh, understanding guided by a bigger truth than me. Yeah, Really, that comes down to is the truth outside of me or is the truth in me? Mm-hmm. And when the truth outside of me is bigger... It actually turns the light on. It helps you. Uh, 
dispel the darkness. It helps you see things you're not seeing that your feelings actually cloud. Yeah. It helps you think clearly. And so, of course, for us, that that's biblical truth. Like the scriptures are the ultimate truth for us. And the great gift of that, of believing that, is now I have a resource to help me um, uh, to integrate and understand and interpret my feelings. Yeah, and that compass isn't moving at all. It doesn't move, man. True north stays true north. Yeah. And what I find in my life when I uh, choose the maturity to rule over my feelings that would lead me astray, I actually find a deeper, more profound joy at the end of that path than I would have found by following my feelings wherever they were going to take me. Yeah. And so uh, for some people to say, well, I don't believe the Bible's the word of God. Um, well, what do you believe about uh, keeping your commitments? What do you believe about um, uh, honoring others? What do you believe about inflicting pain? You know, so some people, their ultimate truth is if it doesn't hurt anybody else, then I'm in a, entitled to do whatever I want. And that's still an impulse to say, I am the ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the impulse is the only the only way you're going to get past that. Really, the only way you're ever going to become a person who can rule over your feelings is to declare that this truth is more important than how I feel, and I should interpret my feelings in light of this truth. Not in, interpret the world through how my exactly. feelings Exactly. I'm not yeah. going to interpret the truth based on how I feel. I'm going to interpret how I feel based on the truth. That's awesome. And so that's why the attack against absolute truth sabotages everything in our culture because once you remove that you have removed the the uh the true north the the northern star you've you've removed the thing that helps us navigate mm-hmm. and so now we're all a ship you know we're all uh, 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 at sea um anchorless rudderless and drifting to the whims of our feelings and uh, emotions and now there's no there's no guidance Gotcha. All right. So I'm really curious if for yeah. you, John, there's like a, we've been kind of all over the map in a kind of a fun way. It's, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how many, um, how many important conversations there are inside the subject of feelings. Yeah. It's a little kind of like feelings themselves is a little less, a little, a little floaty, but I think it was good. I think it, was, it had to be to, there's yeah. a lot of ground to cover on this one. Yeah. So do you have one bigger takeaway from this conversation? Yeah, so this uh, this episode is definitely a little more affirming than than challenging on my personal mm. personal views of things. But uh, uh, I think that so if we're talking about the compass uh, being outside of your feel, or or rather not letting your feelings be the compass, um, I've had this uh, this idea that if uh, if you are com- so completely if you feel so completely aligned with with the compass that you're not feeling any kind of uh, tension or conviction about any area in your whole life, I think you are either misinterpreting something or are ignorant about something of the scripture because even even the people have been walking with God for decades, there's gonna be there's gonna be tension. So if you if you're only looking at other people and thinking, oh they're you know uh-huh. they're doing this wrong or if you think I don't know. I feel like I'm. I'm still talking. Sort of. What do you? Well, you it's kind of what I, you're making me think of the title of our podcast, Upstream. Mm-hmm. If you if you say, yeah, my true north is God, and yet you don't feel any current against you that maybe you're not in alignment with God, then you are either not self aware, or you're biblically ignorant. Yeah. Or you've crafted a God in your own image. Right. So because guess- you should feel a current against you. Yeah, even if, just because of you're a fallen person. If you're reading the Bible cover to cover, and every single every single time there's some kind of sermon, you just go mm-hmm, and you nod your head, it's, <laughs> and you elbow the person next exactly. to you, and you go, "Man, I'm so glad he's talking about this because people really need to hear that." Right? Yeah. Then you're probably you there's some kind of blind spot going on. So in the same way of uh, of your feelings, it's like you got to be you're heading in one direction. Or you should in this in this model, and you're gonna get go in different directions because of your emotions. But if you're course correcting, yeah, I think it's true too that if you if you violate true north because of how you feel, you're on your way to something you're gonna regret. 
Sure. But if you violate the way you feel in honor and in submission to true north, you're on your way to something you will not regret. Yeah. It'll actually uh, bring joy and deeper depth to your own maturity and character yeah. because you ruled over your feelings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think what I heard you say, see if I got this right. Your big Please. take. Yeah. <laughs> Your big takeaway from this conversation is that if you say, yes, I have a true north and you don't happen to feel any sense of uh, I'm getting that wrong, even though I know what it is, you know, there's a part of me that still needs to be course corrected. If you don't think that is, then you're probably you lack self-awareness. Sure. Yeah. For me, I think the big takeaway, and, and it kind of emerged in our conversation, I had not thought of this before, but now I like it. I think there's something to this, is that the best way to navigate feelings is to acknowledge them, um, interpret them, and then govern them. Hmm. And um, I think there's, I think that's, I think that dog will hunt. I think that's a, that's an ebook, <laughs> <laughs> Or at least a blog. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of blogs, uh, we want to encourage you to visit our website at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have blogs there. We post two blogs a week. We have, you can find all of our past episodes there as well. And um, also you can purchase the book we worked on together called The Pursuit. And we're going to also be publishing future eBooks and full length books uh, over time at the website. Yeah, any uh, any long term projects we're working on or news or that's going to be where you're going to find it. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to learn more about us personally, there's that on there. Our work in the past and uh, just everything everything Jim and John Jim and John dot com and yeah. links links to our social media on there as well. Yeah. So you can follow us. Instagram account is Jim and John and the Twitter account is Jim and John one. Mm-hmm. And I uh, would love to have you uh, send us an email at info at Jim and John dot com. Uh, tell us what you think. Give us some topics you'd love us to address in the future. Uh, send us some questions you want addressed on a podcast. We'll for sure respond to that. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.